Welcome to Risk Never Sleeps, where we meet and get to know the people delivering patient care and protecting patient safety. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet. Welcome to the Risk Never Sleeps podcast, in which we discuss the people that are protecting patient care. I'm Ed Gaudet, the host of our program, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Jane Franklin, award-winning tech and cybersecurity leader. Welcome, Jane. Thanks, Ed. It's, it's so good to be here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's good to have you too. And you've got such an impressive background. You've actually, you're in the process of founding a, a couple of different programs. You have the Source Platform for Women, which I'd love to hear more about, as well as Insecurity Movement, and you've written a manifesto. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that too. So why don't we dig into it? Tell us about your background. My background isn't tech. So I've been in cybersecurity for over 25 years. It's ages, such a long time. And I came into it like most people my age by accident. Yeah. I think I've yet to meet someone who actually started their career in cybersecurity like me. So I came into it from having had a degree in art and design. And I met a guy, fell in love, and he was looking to start a new business. I was looking for a new challenge, had gone into sales. And like I said, I was looking for a new challenge. And he said, shall we just start a business in IT? And I said, yes, that sounded like fun. He said, you know what you're getting yourself into, don't you? And of course, like being in your 20s, of course, you're going to say yes. <laughs> of course I do. Didn't have, a didn't have a clue really, but went into IT and there were looking at the market, there were only two kind of aspects that really excited me. One was artificial intelligence and the other was security, IT security, information security, as we used to call it then. And AI was far too new then. So we started this company led with security and the rest is just kind of history. So that's how I got into it and have, have stayed in it. Yeah. So I'm sure you have a, a bunch of stories. Have you ever done any work in healthcare? specifically? No, I haven't done any work. I haven't done any work in healthcare, but I have been connected to others who have, so mm -hmm. maybe more directly. Talk to us about some of those insights that you've learned over the years of being and the evolution of it. I, I read your white paper on, yeah, I think you wrote it in 2008, about bringing cyber, the security aspects of the program, sooner in the process around procurement. And I, I thought that was actually so spot on. And yeah, security through procurement, it's often missed. Yes, I have seen quite a lot of change over, over the years. It's exciting. So I've got, and I've got bored of it at times. Being completely frank, there was a period where I lost interest in it. It, it all flatlined. And I think it's because I really like a challenge. I like something that is dynamic, something that is innovative. So I'm probably an innovator at heart. And I felt like things weren't changing. It had just okay. got a bit dull and boring. Yeah, when I came into security, it was already new. Lots of organizations didn't even have a website. Email security was new. Websites were new. And they're really, it was quite basic then, in the early days. And it's, like I said, went through the years, flatlined a little bit, became a little bit boring because there wasn't the change. We were still having the same issues. And I don't think technology had actually evolved that much. And then, of course, we had this like massive kind of leap and things just became so much more interesting. Things like having more of a focus, I think, on the human element. Mm -hmm. That is for is of huge interest. So the majority of my career in cybersecurity has been building companies. So as a leader, 
involved in sales, marketing, and operations, as opposed to being a hands-on consultant. So even though I built a penetration testing company, I was not out there doing the penetration testing. I wasn't an ethical hacker. So my experience has been from that perspective, which I, I really enjoy. I love it. I'm still involved in it. I'm still heavily involved in the leadership aspect, Mm -hmm. the awareness aspect as an influencer, because I have a bit of a portfolio career. So working as an advisor for some companies, as board advisor, um, again, for some companies, and also as a trainer, as a consultant, but more from the business and operations side of things. And as an activist, you brought up right at the beginning, insecurity and the insecurity movement. That's really where my research and my activism, not stems from, is housed. It actually stems from the book I accidentally wrote, which is called Insecurity and focuses on women and why we need to get more women into the industry and remaining in it. And it all comes down to, to risk. That's a fascinating aspect of cyber, which has largely been dominated by men. And what what do you think women bring to cyber that obviously has been lacking? What what are some of the aspects that you... Yeah, different perspective. Coming from the art side of things, where we all have to be different. If you're not different, you're all the same. So you're not Mm going to... I'm going to find why it's all about being different. Certainly when we look at cybersecurity, women do bring a fresh perspective. They see things in different ways because men and women are different to one another. Where we are now, there's a lot of sensitivity around that, I think, about the different sexes and the different genders. And But you can't get away from the fact that we are different. We're different to one another and that is good. So we see things in a different way. We operate in a different way. There is the whole nature and nurture argument, mm-hmm. but by and large, we do bring a different perspective to the industry. And I think what's really interesting is the World Economic Forum has been tracking this for years. And when you actually look at the risks, the threats, and you actually drill down on some of the data points and you look at gender, you can see the difference between how men and women view the threats that are out there. So for me, it's okay, but you're onto something here. And so when you get different perspectives on risk, then you get a a better perspective on it. Yeah, you get more visibility, you get more transparency typically. And and I love the human element you you mentioned earlier, which I expect women are probably better at understanding and bringing to the surface because of the empathy that's required there. And any thoughts in that area? Possibly. I think it depends on the person. It's Mm. it's easy to generalize and say, yeah, we're going to be better at those soft skills side of things. I like to look at data and and data will tell us that women typically tend to have higher emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. than men. But it's just being so careful about how we're talking about these things. Yeah, that's just my viewpoint on it now, just having sensitivity around around men and, and women. And I certainly did that in the book. So using language like typically or generally. And where can folks find your book? Is it, I assume, Amazon? or Yeah, it's distributed yeah. by Amazon. If right. anyone wants a bulk order, then come and speak to me. You, yeah. you don't have it handy there to hold up, do you? I don't. No. I should have asked you ahead of time. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's down by my feet somewhere, but I would literally oh, have, okay. have to yeah. uh, No worries. So to the listeners, check out Jane's book. It sounds really fascinating. And so when you think about the human element of cyber, 
What are some of the top mistakes organizations make there? It's awareness. It's being aware of it. So clicking on links, thinking that no one is going to want to hack them. Mm -hmm. It's just thinking that they are safe. It's just everything is hackable. So work Mm -hmm. from the position of that, zero trust. Everything is hackable. Be prepared for when something happens or when you discover it has already happened. Mm -hmm. Those are, for me, those are the things that kind of spring to mind instantly. Be aware, make sure that your people are aware, they're trained up, you're going to be able to spot incidences. Mm. Yeah, and if it looks wrong, it probably is wrong, right? If if it looks like there's a problem, leverage your intuition to don't click on it. If you And also it's like, from a security leader perspective, make sure that you are available for your people, make sure the awareness is in the company and that you're accessible as opposed to not being, because then you're only going to build your security, your protection in, in your company by working from the perspective that everyone in the organization is a member of the team. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So it's been a rough couple of years for folks with the pandemic, obviously, and the recovery. What are you most proud of over the last couple of years, personally, professionally? For myself or for the industry? For yourself, yeah. For myself, last couple of years, just actually surviving COVID-19 was horrific. From a business perspective, sales stopped overnight. So Mm -hmm. it it was actually continuing managing to operate as a business through that. I, during that particular time, I continued with my business. I also did a couple of roles almost as a fractional worker with some organizations. One of, one of those was with Accenture as a managing director. So it's really weird to think that you could go into that in that way. But that was a huge challenge to go into Accenture operating as a managing director during covid and building a business and impacting the team in that way. So yeah, continue with my business, going into Accenture and going into another organization to help with their business and lead that. I'm really proud of. Done some more research during that time as well through the insecurity movement, which has been quite exciting. I've also been working with some fantastic people as trainees and interns. That's also been really rewarding. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. If you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? What do your other passions lie? Photography. Yeah. So those two things, I'm still more on that design, that art front. But also the other thing I was thinking fairly recently, actually, it's the analyst. As an analyst, that's quite an interesting career profession. And I actually think knowing about it now, had I known about it earlier on in my career, that could have been a fantastic route to go down. Like with the Gartner Group or Forrester, one of them. Yeah, because you're using your skill, or I would be using my skills as a communicator, as a researcher, and I enjoy both of those aspects. So helping people, solving problems, communicating, and uh, researching. So I noticed the photos in the background. Is is that your work? It's not actually, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) Icelandic artist. Icelandic. Ah, okay. All right. Are you a Diana Arbus fan? No, I don't know who she is, but I will go (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. She's yeah, the 60 or 50, 60s uh, photographer. All right. So if you could go back in time, yeah, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Don't be so trusting. Yeah. Don't be so trusting. Don't leave your former business partner in control of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like um, there's a big story there. 
There, yeah. there is a story though. I yeah. don't actually go into it. No, of course not. We won't go there. Yeah. But yeah, don't be so trusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't be so trusting. Don't leave your business partner in charge of a fantastic business that you built. And yeah, and probably to not work so hard, actually, I so that I could actually have more of a life. So be more present for my children and enjoy more of life as opposed to it being like pure work. So I've been an absolute work horse, a work slave, even as a business owner. So I've worked for my business as opposed to my business working for me during like the past 25 years. But yeah. I can relate to that. <laughs> With more of a life. More yeah. of a life. Yeah. I think that's one thing the generation now has figured out. They're they're definitely prioritized having a life versus having a job or yeah, they're better at it, and it's they're like, be- much better at it. Yeah, more healthy. Yeah, I'm trying to learn from my. I have three daughters. I'm trying to learn from them about that. She's <laughs> so much. I think if you're open to it, my kids. Yeah. I've got three. They teach me so much. Yeah, exactly. Hardest lesson in your life or in your career? Oh, hardest lesson. Been like loads. Hardest lesson was probably moving on from my first security business. Yeah. Picking myself up after that. I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one coming. And it was, there was a lot of trust wrapped around that. I went into that business with a boyfriend who became my business partner. We had two children together. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question because this is a risk never sleeps podcast. What is the riskiest thing you've ever done? Probably going into business. Really? It wasn't, no, it's not actually going into business. That is a risk. It is it a risk, was, right? Yeah, I was walking away from Accenture. That was probably oh. a ris- risky thing to do. Yeah, I walked away from a, an MD position at Accenture. It's a risk. It's it was, a huge risk. Yeah. Change is always risk. a risk. Yeah. 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 So that was a big risk. Strong signals for my business. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah, risk. But it sounds like that entrepreneurial aspect of working is so strong with you that you, yeah. you, you kept pulling you out. and. Um, this, it is it, but yeah, yeah. I had to trust my heart and follow my heart. And yeah, oh, the head might say one thing, but I'm left by my heart. So I don't want those regrets. Like when you're on your deathbed and, and, and all of that, you, I want to be able to look back and go, yeah, I might have messed up there, but at least I was true to myself and I really went for it. Yeah, I know. It's so true. I suspect it's based on your design and our background where you have that perspective on things still. You bring that perspective I started yes. out as a writer in this IT, like you, and just stumbled into IT. Yes. And it just happened to be the career. But my first love and passion is writing. And so it's an art form. It's an art. It's absolutely an art form. Yeah. Any other last comments or thoughts or insights for our listeners you'd like to share? On getting into the industry or being yeah. in the Yeah, it could be for anybody that's maybe coming into cyber or that is attempting to get break into cyber. Any insights or thoughts? I would just say if anyone's like breaking into it, it's like really build relationships with those in the industry. So it's like, well, if they're looking to get a job, it can be really hard and it really requires so much tenacity. People that have been trying to get into the industry for years and they've not given up. But the, the fastest way into the industry, the fastest way to get a job is by building, working on your network and building those relationships with mm. the network. And asking for what you want. So being really clear about what it is that you want and asking for it and understanding that there are no mistakes. So even if you believe that you're clear or you're not sure if you're clear, don't worry too much about that. Just get stuck in, go for it. The the clarity can come after you've 
taking your first step. How about those certificates or those programs? Do do they also help? Yeah, they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Most jobs are going to be asking for something. There's, again, there are some great certifications for new people coming into the industry, certified in cybersecurity and IC squared. It's mm-hmm. a new certification. They're offering a million to, to people who are interested. So that's absolutely fantastic. There's some great opportunities out there. So yeah, build your certifications. They're going to help you. They're going to build your knowledge, your skills, and they're going to help you placed in a job much more easily. Mm-hmm. They're not essential for every aspect or every domain in cybersecurity, but they can help depending on what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And that's that a I'm, great point. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. um, some great things out there. The other thing that I would also say is for leaders in the industry, it's like really work on your skills, your leadership skills. Mm-hmm. I've just done a, a masterclass today looking at how to be more strategic as opposed to operational, very applicable for business business owners who tend to get pulled into the weeds. Yeah, really work on your leadership skills and have that growth mindset that we so often hear about. And it's Mm. so easy in security to become quite fixed because in security, we don't like change. Like human beings don't like change, but we can become very entrenched into fixed mindset, not the growth mindset. And we need to expand more and become less rigid and more collaborative as well. So sharing much more with people. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid to, to think broadly about the industry. In particular, think about risk management, maybe coming in as an assessor or in a role that may not be traditional cybersecurity, but maybe adjacent to getting started there. Yeah, it's tapping into, it's being expansive, I think, with your thinking. So being creative, being expansive and not limited. Boundaries are fantastic and we need, we do need boundaries for so many things, but we also need to be expansive and creative with our thinking. And when we're designing our companies, our teams. Yes, no, that's a great point. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jane, for your time. This has been a great conversation. Our listeners will, I'm sure, have a lot more questions, but check out Jane on LinkedIn. And do look at her book for her book on Amazon.com. This is Ed Gaudet from the Risk Never Sleeps podcast series. If you are on the front lines protecting patient safety, remember to stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. Thanks for listening to Risk Never Sleeps. For the show notes, resources, and more information on how to transform the protection of patient safety, visit us at sensinet.com. That's C. E-N-S-I-N-E-T dot com. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet. And until next time, stay vigilant because risk never sleeps.